you know, they announced that they, have, they had up to 200 million accounts that are now using passwordless authentication. They've also announced they have almost 800 million Azure AD accounts out there as well. So 75% of accounts are still not protected by passwordless authentication. And a big chunk of those are also not protected by MFA. So it's a very target-rich environment for hackers. What you will be seeing is exactly them putting out technologies that are focused on adoption, making it harder. You know, I can see them potentially in, in a few years making passwords almost hard to, to implement. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and active directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. My guest this week is Doug Davis, Senior Product Manager at Semperis. Doug's been in the Microsoft ecosystem for more than 20 years at Quest and across a number of different software companies, and he has been focusing at Semperis on enhancing Semperis expansion into Azure Active Directory. He, like me and my previous career, spends a lot of time working on and understanding Azure Active Directory and where Microsoft is going in that environment. Welcome, Doug. Thanks, Sean. Great to be here. So Microsoft just wrapped up Ignite, and I thought for this week's podcast, we'd focus on a couple of the significant identity announcements around passwords, or more accurately, killing passwords. Exactly. Yeah. Um, clearly, uh, you don't have to have been spending much time thinking about this to recognize that Microsoft is really focusing on eliminating passwords across their whole cloud experience from onboarding through all of working with all their applications to termination as well. And around this, what Microsoft was announcing and focusing on the general availability of passwordless authentication, which has been in preview for a while, a new concept called temporary access pass, increased integration of FIDO2 security keys into the passwordless solution. Oh, and an authentication methods activity portal to see what everyone is doing, what kind of authentication methods they're doing, and increased integration of Hello for Business, which has been around for a while, into the authentication methods. So sort of consolidating all of these passwordless methods into one integrated system for both users and for administrators, essentially stampeding away from passwords and towards strong authentication by default. Now, you know, anyone that's been paying any attention to any news of any kind has heard about the SolarWinds, SolaraGate, espionage activity across the U.S. right now. And much of the press is focused on the fact that this was a supply chain attack uh, executed against the SolarWinds Orion software, which then allowed the... uh, threat actors to infiltrate thousands of companies. What was not so well represented is that 30% of these compromised organizations did not have Orion installed. They were compromised using old-fashioned on-premises credentials attacks, password credential stuffing, uh, password spray attacks, the sort of thing specifically that reason of trying to get away 
from passwords. So Microsoft definitely has is is very very invested in doing this for its own reputation as much as anything else. So Doug, um, help us for sort of a, as a grounding on all this. Help us with some definitions because it's really easy to get jargon tossed around here and all that. What what's your definition of passwordless authentication? Well, it's it's one of those few technologies that is exactly what it says, passwordless. And what that means is that, first of all, you're not using a password for authentication and potentially you never were given a password for authentication. So all these methods that you were talking about, uh, password spraying, things like that, won't won't work because there's no password associated with the with the user um, and the authentication methods that are used within that are all passwordless. So it's using uh, any number of technologies, uh, biometric technologies, uh, key technologies to basically uh, authenticate you properly, uh, but never having to put anything physically in that that has to be managed from a password perspective. I mean, passwords we've known forever are the underbelly of any kind of security model. So having that password list authentication and having methodologies to potentially never have a user have a password is really at the center of, of Microsoft, both trying to regain some reputation for security in the in the wake of this uh, Celeragate attack, and as well, hardening them for the future as they go through. So really, it's just basically any authentication to Azure Active Directory that does not evolve a password. And there's a number of methodologies and authentication methods that they've enabled uh, and accelerated uh, for that. It's interesting because you, it is really the evolution of the authentication process in that first we had just user IDs and passwords, and now there's a very, very strong push towards multi-factor authentication to augment passwords. That's where we are today. Uh, and even that is having challenges in adoption. Exactly. And then the next step that we're talking about here is still having the multi-factors, but one of those factors removing passwords as one of those factors. And it's almost, it's passwords have been around so long. It's very, very difficult to imagine. It's a paradigm shift. Exactly. Yeah. And used a core word there, adoption. When you look at MFA adoption, numbers are shocking. You know, Microsoft themselves, I think was talking about no, you know, less than 80, 85% of their users are, are not using MFA. MFA adoption has been not where you think it would be. And there's no easy way for them to necessarily get around that. But by adding passwordless authentication, you kind of reduce that one of the constraints of, of MFA, which is you know always having that password being the starting point. And adoption is really a challenge with even passwordless authentication. So, you know, they announced that they, have, they had up to 200 million accounts that are now using passwordless authentication. But they've also announced they have almost 800 million Azure AD accounts out there as well. So 75% of accounts are still not protected by passwordless authentication. And a big chunk of those are also not protected by MFA. So it's a very target-rich environment for hackers. What you will be seeing is, is exactly that, you know, them putting out technologies that are focused on adoption and making it harder. You know, I can see them, you know, potentially in, in a in a few years making passwords almost you know hard to to implement. It's kind of it's going to be a default where you start with a passwordless authentication. But definitely, you know, what they announced at, at Ignite is ways of improving the onboarding for passwordless authentication and pushing those adoption numbers up. You know, it's interesting, Microsoft, where they can enforce things. So for example, they actually have, by policy, enforced multi-factor authentication on all administrator accounts in Azure Active Directory. You know, they said, this is so important. 
too bad, figure it out, which is pretty bold to do. I mean, from a security viewpoint, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. But if you spin up a tenant now, MFA is turned on by default. But the challenge is, is that they've been so successful for so many years of selling this. Most enterprises have already put in place on-premise AD, hybrid environment. That's where we really have to go. I don't think there's as much challenge when you're spinning up a new environment, but the vast majority of these are legacy environments that where this wasn't enforced. So again, where you're, these vulnerabilities will be in these large enterprises, which are the ones that were targeted in Celeragate. You know, these folks that had, had had it for a long time, but had not adopted all these proper security procedures. Yeah, I was just saying to somebody the other day, look, they're not looking for the hard place to go in. They're looking for the easy place to go in. Exactly. And the easy place is on-premises. Yeah. And it continues to be on-premises. And it will be for some time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So help me understand and help the listeners understand the concept of the temporary access pass. That had a lot of press. So it's really interesting. It has two main use cases. You know, the main use case is that, you know, if you have somebody, so it's all around onboarding. And how do you onboard a new employee when you want to, you know, just have passwordless authentication be a main, a main way of getting it? So they don't have anything to authenticate at originally. So you go into and you create a temporary access pass for somebody. Uh, that temporary access pass, you can be very configurable, but how long it lasts, who it applies to. Um, and it basically acts as a strong authentication method for that particular user. They then go to a very specific URL, which allows them to log in with that temporary access pass. And let's say it only lasts for 10 minutes, whatever, you can set the time. Uh, and during that time, they have to enter the, the password into the, the temporary access pass portal. And then they have to then register for one of the other password list authentication methods that that organization has set up for that person. So let's say that it's that's text, you know, whatever, SMS, uh, FIDO2, whatever it is, um, they then have to register for that one. So that person has joined the organization, registered with a passwordless authentication method, and that's it. They never created a password. They never had to remember a password. And now they actually are set up for that. So that's the main use case. The other use case is that, let's say somebody lost their phone. So MFA or, or, you know, password authentication is set up, but I don't have the methodology to do that. So somebody's out in the field, they lost their phone, they need to get in to do some important work. You can create a temporary access pass for that person that allows them to get back into their environment uh, during that time frame uh, to go around that. So, so it solves two problems. So one, it solves the problem of onboarding somebody that you'll never give a pass, password. And then how do you recover that user if they can't use their password to get back in and they don't have uh, access to an authentication methodology for that? So a couple of questions around temporary access pass then. You mentioned that it's a method of strong authentication. It's a password. How is it that it's strong authentication? First of all, it's only for particular users. So it just basically, it's another authentication method. So when you go in and you set up an authentication method in your environment, it's one of the new ones as well. Time limited thing. And also there's other restrictions. You can't be a guest act. You have to be a, a, an account uh, for the user. There's guest access not supported. A few other things are some caveats there. But it basically allows you to maybe slightly decrease security for a minimum amount of time to allow that person to get back in. And as well, you can make it so it's just one-time use so that it gets... Also, you can only have one temporary access pass at any time. So you can't, you can't fire a whole bunch of these out and give them, give them away. So Microsoft has tried to put in some you know gateways so that it can't necessarily be done. But 
be be compromised but but it, it is kind of maybe not as strong as some of the other authentication but that's what it's around it's to get people in they've said you know only one at a time can't be used for guest accounts has to be a user that can authenticate against the azure active directory and once it's used it's expired and then that person never has a password set up as well and they're set up for passwordless authentication so, so what you're saying is it's really sort of it is like an otp it's a one-time password almost in the same way that you would have a randomly generated password maybe from a hardware token but the difference is well one of the differences is that the it would have a longer duration but in addition though it allows you to put extra restrictions on it as as to you know who can access it and all that yeah you can go in in the ui as it is now in the portal you can set the time the user there's a couple of other settings there that kind of restrict it and again if there's already one out there you can't create a second one and so it, it is a one time use passwordless, so OTPL uh, environment to do that. It is also a way to get around. There be some people say, well, we have to set a password just in case they can't get in for any other reason. No, you don't have to do that in this case. So even if they lose access to one of their other passwordless authentication methods, you can use this as a one-time use passwordless authentication that doesn't require you to do anything other than to go and connect into this portal. But then it expires the next time you have to use your authentication method. It kind of gives some added security there. I know many organizations, as part of onboarding, they want to avoid the, okay, here's your temporary password and email it or, you know, post it outside their house until they log in and they change their password. We'll use the registration methods and then send the new user to Microsoft's self-service password reset portal. Uh, so, and, and Microsoft has been emphasizing self-service password reset for a, a long time. How is temporary access pass different from self-service password reset portal? So definitely it's not self-service. Do you have only an authentication administrator can put one out? So it does, you know, because it's a different methodology, it does require that somebody talk to somebody within the organization to, to do that. I mean, I guess the self-service password process is, is very focused. If you have passwords, if you don't have passwords, then there's no kind of common self-service approach uh, uh, to it. So, so all, all these technologies have to be looked at in the context of what you're comfortable with in an organization. There'll probably be some organizations that will always want to have that. So if they have a lot of remote workers and, and if, if self-service is something that you need, um, it's definitely you know, a challenge of this particular uh, technology. But I think for organizations that want to harden their security, they say, okay, as an organization, we need to go passwordless. And if passwordless is the future, then we might have to give up some of these self-service uh, capabilities uh, to do that. And uh, and I can imagine that at some point, there'll be some methodology where you can do that. But don't forget, you always have to prove you are who you are. And, and maybe some of the stuff, you know, something that they've announced uh, coming up next year is Azure AD verified accounts, where you're using some other credential, like your driver's license or something like that to, to verify who you are. So maybe there'll be some self-service for that in the future. Be interested to see what Azure AD verified accounts means. But I can say, I am who I am. Look, here's, here's a digital certificate, uh, a government pass or some other methodology to do that. So I could see that maybe being an initial pushback, but over time, other technologies will come into play uh, to allow you to do that self-service approach. So I've, what I'm hearing you say is that, the, you know, the self-service password reset, and maybe the key is in the, is in the description, a self-service password reset, you have to have a password, but 
temporary access pass, there is no password. It's essentially a glorified OTP that you then port into, you know, Microsoft Authenticator or FIDO2 or... Yeah, there is a password and there's a specific portal for Team Access Pass. So when you log in and you're logging in for the first time, you put in your PN and then it one of the options there is is use a temporary pass. You go to temporary pass, a diff, totally different portal comes up and you do use a password that's given to you. A temporary access pass is a password associated with the user. So there is that temporary password that you have, but the password is not associated with the account. The password is associated with the temporary access pass. So once you put that password in, then it takes you and say, oh, you're a new user. You, we're not going to help. We're not going to ask you to set your password. Like, you know, first day of the job, everybody creates a new password, right? doesn't happen in this case. It says, oh, you're a new user. You've authenticated. You are who you are. And you've used this temporary access pass, which must have come from IT. And now please choose the passwordless authentication methodology that you want to use or the one that's being set up for you, Windows, hello, whatever it is. Uh, and then at the end of that process, your user, fully authenticated user, registered with a passwordless authentication method and there was never a password and you don't have to you never have to remember a password and then from that day forward you're a passwordless user you know and, and that's where that temporary access pass comes because if i lose everything that i need to do a passwordless authentication you know i i can create a, another temporary access pass to, to let them in it's a fairly elegant process because we all talk to the first day somebody starts, we all always get reached out to by IT. In this case, what IT will send you to is we'll send you a URL to the temporary pass, access pass portal. And you also don't have this password that you get given through whatever methodology, email or something like that. You just get this temporary access pass expires shortly after you use it. Yeah, we almost can get into esoterics of naming in here because in the security world, we, th we talk about OTPs all the time. One, Yeah. And the, the hard keys or soft keys, like the classic RSA tokens and all of that. But the P in OTP is password. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though it's strong authentication, uh, it is technically a password. But it, it's a very odd password. So one of the things about temporary access passes is that the passwords have very odd characters in them. And actually, the one that I did recently, I couldn't find how to how to... I could copy and paste the password, but I couldn't figure out the keyboard combination to do it. So it looks like Norwegian or something. I, I don't know what they do. But these passwords are not alphanumeric ones. They use characters that are up and down the ASCII table, uh, some of which I never recognized. But And so maybe that's their way of saying, right. okay, there's a password involved, but it's an odd password. It's kind of like the strong passwords that we see are long, but they're all alphanumeric. This is a fairly short password, actually. It's no more than eight characters. But the characters are not ones that you'd be able to type in just by being told what it is, you know, or, or at least not without bringing up an ASCII table and trying to figure out how to bring some of these odder characters into play. Yeah. This is the preview of it. So it'll improve and they'll get feedback, you know, and, and I can definitely see them improving it as well. But it, it does, if, if as an organization you decide that we're always going passwordless authentication and any new user gets passwordless, they're retiring passwords in essence from these organizations. New people are, are getting weeded out from the past, from have, ever having passwords. And I think that's the best step. If, if you never had a password, never started with a password, never had to remember a password, you're instantly removed from the risk factors of people doing these password spraying attacks or, or anything like that. Well, that's a good point. If they're passwordless, they get caught by a fish. There's no password. For them to give. 
Exactly. You know, it's very difficult. I mean, probably somebody's worked out a way somehow, but I don't think that you, if you asked me for one of your passwordless authentication methods, I wouldn't be able to. I mean, if I had a physical key, if it's a biometric, I can't send my finger over the internet. And, and that's exactly it. We know that all these tacks start primarily with somebody doing some sort of social you know, engineering and, and getting into our organization. I can't give you something that I never had. Well, so if you, know, you were an IT administrator and you saw all of this information going past, how would you start on this journey? Uh, and my take is, you know, one of the first things you want to start doing is start adding uh, authentication methods that were easy for users to use, like the Authenticator app, temporary access pass. How would you kick the tires on all of this? Like any technology, it's it's user specific. So I think like anything, and also it's a technology that you need to understand. So, you know, I think it's always best to start with pilot projects. So let's say that you're an organization that hasn't even looked at passwordless authentication. Create a pilot project that, you know, enable one of these password authentications. Like say the Authenticator is probably the easiest. Every, you know, it's, there's a lot of Authenticators out there and everybody can grab an Authenticator pretty quickly. Create a temporary access pass for, for again, you can do it by a group of users as well for, for a small group of users and get them to to start using it. Then as you get familiar with it, one of the things is that the temporary access pass is not meant for scale yet. So I think scaling up a legacy environment that wants to scale up the passwordless authentication and get rid of passwords is still a little bit of a challenge. But at least you're starting to think about it. And then I would say that have as part of your immediately, you know, I, I don't see any drawback of not doing this for a number of your newest employees and in large enterprises, let's say a company with 100,000 users, there's going to be continual churn. First 100 people that come in, give 50 the temporary access pass, see how it goes and see how it works in, in the wild. And we talked about this previously though, but so don't forget, they can't do self-service on passwordless authentication methods. If you lose your phone, you don't mm-hmm. have your authenticator, you're, you're, you're out of luck. Uh, so you maybe also have to take a look at some IT methodologies to, to support that so that if, if somebody, for whatever reason, loses one of their passwordless authentication methods and can't get in, make sure that you have people that can give out temporary access passes potentially at all hours of, of the day. So, but I think when you look at the cost of what these attacks are starting to have, these the impacts are growing almost exponentially. Um, you know, I think some of the minor inconveniences of having to manage temporary access pass when you go fully passwordless. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather be woken up at you know two a.m. to give somebody a temporary access pass versus be woken up at two a.m. to be told that my environment's been compromised and I and ransomware has encrypted everything and and I can't do anything. You know, yeah, it, it, there are trade offs, and and the amount of work to recover from those is you know not insignificant. So pay me now or pay me later. Exactly. You know, one aspect of this is uh, for, of course for the you know the the elephant in the room is on premises it's all well and good to say all, all this in the cloud but the primary method for secondary authentication or for, for multi-factor is hello for business for your classic domain join windows pc that's a challenge to implement on premises a lot of polys have to be set your domain controllers have to be at a certain level yeah. all of that sort of thing that's a big deal. And I think that's something that would be interesting to talk about in a future podcast is how do you, you know, what are the practicalities of this? How do you go about doing that? So in a, in a pure cloud world, this all works fairly well. But when you bring on premises with the vast majority of organizations, you have that physical presence that you have to do. But definitely let's leave that for another day and uh, we can dig deeper into that. 
Well, thanks for your time, Doug. I appreciate your insight uh, in this. And for everybody that's listening, take a look at the Microsoft announcements. They, uh, it's pretty easy to set up a temporary access pass. Uh, I'm, I'm kicking the tires myself for our organization and best of luck. Thanks again, Doug. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Doobie. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.